0: And we welcome you to another edition of This Is Wrestling. It is Lever Sage, cranky as I might be, alongside the one and only ZFG, Zach freaking McGibbon. Zach, how are you? Happy belated birthday. I mean, who has a birthday the day I didn't remember that you had a birthday the day after Remembrance Day? Like, remembrance is what we're supposed to be doing, and then your birthday is the following day. But I didn't I I would tell you that I waited till today to publicly wish you a happy birthday, but that would be a lie. And I I forgot, Zach, that it was your birthday. So I am publicly apologizing yeah. right now and saying, Happy birthday, Zach McGibbon. Forty nine never looked so good.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Versage. Uh yes, it is my birthday th- uh yesterday. Uh belated- you were
0: gonna say today. You, you're to having see- a week long it- birthday or something.
1: I I'm not one of those people. I'm not doing a birthday week or anything like that. Like Like what,
0: what, what is the deal with that? Like, (laughs) I just want to tell people you're not that special. Okay. You don't get birthday weeks. I won't go that far. It's a birthday. (laughs) That day is in, it's the day you were born. It's not birth week. Hey, this is my birth week. If that's what (laughs) everyone did, we'd have a lot of celebrating to do all the time. Because there's only 52 weeks in a year, Zach. But it's a birthday. You don't get a birthday week. I told you, I'm cranky. How are you? How was your birthday?
1: Oh, it was good. The birthday was good. I was down in Ottawa for the weekend and uh, got to see uh, family. And uh, we, we- I went to the Sens game on Saturday. I did. Uh, so I got to see the Sens beat the Flames 4-1. to That was my first Sens game in a while. So it was nice to see the building was much more full than it was uh, years ago. Um, so that was nice. Uh, also went down to wheelers in Lanark County for some pancakes on Sunday on my birthday. So uh, that was always wheelers fun. wheelers is good. It wasn't as busy as I thought it would be uh, when we came. But then again, we did go uh, later. Like it wasn't right at the morning. It was around noon that we came in. But uh, it was it was a little less busy than I was expecting. But it it's a nice place. I always enjoy going to wheelers and their pancake. Their pancakes are fantastic. So uh, no complaints there, um, but yeah, overall weekend was fun. It was a good time seeing friends and family, and uh, yeah, here we are. I'm back in Belleville. I'm I'm here recording with you, and uh, you've been on a busy stretch as well, Mister Versage.
0: Yeah, I did four podcasts last week. Uh, this will be five in eight days today, but three of them with you, right? So yes. I mean that's always a good time. We had a very enjoyable uh, wrestling theme song, which even. A guy like Graham Creech said that he was going to listen to. That's how much it intrigued. I'm sure he'll be very pleased at all of his, you know, X 80s and 90s stuff. I got I got some notes, like why isn't Demolition in there? I got some, uh, all kinds of notes, but that's good. You don't want people talking about it. You don't, it's not their list. It's our list that you were talking about. So uh, I'm right. excited about that, but I am a, five podcasts, eight days. That's not the cranky part. The cranky part is got a lot going on, you know, uh, being an unemployed guy, Zach, it's very difficult to juggle all this schedule. Um, But went back in again. Dentistry is my, I could run the dentist where I live. (laughs) Uh, I know the inner workings of it all. Had to go back again today for part one of a two-step process for a crown on my tooth and thought today was just prep day. Just, oh, they're just going to do a little prep and don't worry about it. No, Actually, today was like 95% of it, an hour and a half. Numbing, freezing, drilling, all all sorts of crap, mm-hmm. Zach. Apparently, next time is the easy part. Well, I wish I had known that <laughs> c- c- coming into today. It snowed here in Ottawa again today. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know what, Zach? I- I'm already tired of winter. How about that?
1: Yeah, and and the snow, I mean, we had like dustings and we've had some snowfall, but it hasn't really stuck. Uh, So we just waited until the snow really sticks in and uh, we're in it for the lawn haul. Well,
0: we'll see. We'll see how many long, we'll see how long of a haul I'll make it before I I bail. But uh, yeah, we got a ton to talk about. Uh, In just a week, we have... God, I don't even know where to start. Uh, We're going to do at the end. I know where we're going to end. And that is kind of looking at some predictions for full gear coming up a Saturday night AEW pay-per-view. Always look forward to those. Uh, But once again, there's a lot of news going on. Uh, I know you were excited to talk about uh, NXT and their um you know, television deal that the NWA did not get. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much been I was and you know what, you know what really grinds my full gears, Zach, mm. is the fact that last week I can't even believe I didn't say it. Because I had it written down that I was going to say it. And you can believe me if you want and you, and you won't and you'll make fun of me and all this stuff. But I don't care, Zach, because I know I'm telling the truth. And the truth was I was going to tell you that it made all the sense in the world at some point. And I didn't know it would already be this week and I thought was a terrible way that they did it. But the idea of it, I don't think is a bad one, with Oscar joining Kari Sane and Io Sky. I don't know if she's part of damage control or not, or they're just pretending. But I thought at some point that Oscar would kind of join that group. Why she decided to do it in a six woman tag that ended in a DQ that had no stakes to it, I I, I don't know. But there's there's a lot of things I don't know about the WWE. <laughs> um, I know they have war games coming up, which I thought was not well done either, the setup of that. So there's some WWE news to talk about. Always a good addition with CM Punk's name at the front of our mouths Mm -hmm. on our tongues. We'll get to mention him again. And we got a new... What is it? It's not really a tournament. Is it a tournament? We got the Continental Classic.
1: It's a round in robin it, tournament.
0: It's similar it's a round to robin uh, tournament? it's similar G1? to. Uh,
1: yeah, I uh, I I am looking forward to that uh, to that discussion.
0: So we'll get into that. Chris Jericho went over, and you can believe this, Zach won a match in Japan. <laughs> Crazy! No, I instead mean, of losing in America all the time, he had to go to yeah, Japan to th- finally win,
1: get his win. You know that 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 politicker. Chris Jericho getting his win in Japan and a promotion that uh, a lot of the AEW fan base uh, does not pay attention to. That's where he gets his win. That politicker, that backstage politician, Chris Jericho.
0: Okay, so let's actually start with um, the Continental Classic, uh, a new concept. So I'm trying to understand when Tony Khan said he had a big announcement And then he said the tickets for Full Gear were on. Or, sorry, Full Gear. Uh, All in. Yep. And then a little, I don't want to say sheepishly, but like on a taped edition of Collision, because they did Rampage Live and then they taped Collision the night before, all of a sudden this news of the Continental Classic comes out. And I'm like, oh, okay. That would be worthy of some big announcement, wouldn't it? like they did with the Owen Hart Mm -hmm. tournament. So why don't you kind of run down the details of this continental classic in AEW and they've announced a competitor and that competitor is Brian Danielson.
1: Yeah. And that's a surprising name considering that he is out for a while with that uh, orbital bone injury. Um, But it is Brian Danielson. He is known to, find a way to get back in the ring as, as much as possible. Um, but when it comes to the Continental Classic, it's pretty much if if you are aware of New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 tournament that they do every summer and fall, uh, it's a, in, in this case, this is a 12-man round-robin tournament. Uh, and they'll have each wrestler kind of in separate blocks. So in New Japan, you have your A block and B block as the, classic one they've recently modified it to be an a block b block c block d block um but to simplify it for the continental classic it is two blocks um it's going to be six people on one side six people on the other and it's going to be each person in that block is going to wrestle each other at least once they're going to get a certain amount of points and whoever gets the most points wins their block and will face off against each other in the finals of the continental classic uh, and as you mentioned, Brian Danielson is the first name announced for this round Robin tournament, which, uh, I think is a perfect name for this sort of, uh, tournament. A guy who can absolutely go in the ring and, and deliver at a high level. And, uh, I am fascinated to see what the rest of the names will be. The AEW roster is certainly stacked enough where they've got a lot of good wrestlers to make this Continental Classic work. Um, so... Uh, you know, I've I've been ranting and raving the last couple of years, uh, last couple of weeks, I should say, about how, where AEW is going and and the state of the company and how they're leaning more towards a WWE ish sports entertainment branding that really wasn't what made AEW stand out when it was first launched. So I have to give credit to Tony Khan for adjusting, and I think this is kind of a response to what's going on out there that. Uh, in terms of the, the criticisms of the programming right now in AEW and saying, look, we could present something different. And I am fascinated to see how this all plays out, who's going to be announced for the blocks and how they're going to lay out the tournament. Because as far as I know, last I checked on Collision, uh, I know that the final is going to take place at World's End. I don't think they'll have matches for full gear to start off the tournament. I could be wrong. They might announce it on Dynamite. Um, but uh, I am interested to see it, it gives some of the matches on TV a little bit more stakes because they have to get a certain amount of points um, for each match, and so uh, I think this is a, a great idea. I'm, I'm really interested to see how it plays out on TV, the reception to it for an American audience. I know for the last couple of years watching New Japan and seeing their G1 tournaments, and I can tell you that stretch from 2014 to 2019 in New Japan was some of the best wrestling you'll see. In the G1, especially the 2017 and 2018 tournaments with Tetsuya Naito and Kenny Omega winning their tournaments. So uh I, I'd like to see that translate there. I hope Omega is in this as well. Um, so that they could really play off his experience in the G one. But uh I, I think this is a good change of pace. I think this is something that will bring some interest into AEW. And one of the things that I've been preaching about the how they need stuff to make themselves different from the top guys in WWE. So uh, I really like this move.
0: So it will end at World's End, which is December the thirtieth. And if they're not going to have, if they're not going to have time to get matches in for full gear, I'll ask you about the timing. From what you think, you know, if we don't get any matches at full gear. Then you're looking at what sort of November 22nd as the first time that you will get any matches mm-hmm. in, in, in this tournament that will end December the 30th. Is it enough time to make this happen?
1: I think it is. Uh, they've got enough TV in order to make it work uh, between Dynamite and Collision and, and Rampage, even if they wanted to put a match on Rampage. Um, I think they've got enough time. Usually the tournaments in New Japan, uh, they usually take around a month, two months at the most. So this should be enough time to kind of get everything that they want in there uh, in terms of matches. And uh, it's different from New Japan in the sense that they're not doing tours just solely on those matches. They're uh, able to incorporate it with the other TV. So I think this will be able to... They'll, they'll be able to pull it off. I'm, I'm sure they could do like, you know, Dynamite is going to get this one A block and B block match. Rampage might get this A block match and then Collision might get an A block and B block match um, and then just kind of work their way through. So, again, they've got the TV in order to pull it off. So I think uh, it, it's something that they should be able to pull off.
0: OK, so. And maybe you can just educate people like how long, as you said, the G1 kind of takes to get done and then what the winner of the G1 gets. And what do we think the winner of this particular event will get? Is this going to be, you know, for WWE fans that don't watch new Japan or AEW or like, is this sort of akin to the Royal rumble where if you win, this tournament, you're going to get a world title opportunity at like a major, major stage or like, because the Owen Hart classic was a great idea, but we all feared that it would turn into exactly what it's turned into.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing. Um, which sucks for Owen Hart. It sucks. It just, for me, it just sucks badly. Um, I hate it because it, it doesn't do enough for me for Owen Hart and and what he kind of meant to the business. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I wish they like did they a more great it. idea, yeah. but so what do you think this will do?
1: I think in terms of a comparison point to the G1, so whoever wins the G1 ends up main eventing uh, Wrestle Kingdom. During that time, sometimes they'll defend it, uh, that that title opportunity on, on different tours. But most, if not all the time, usually the winner of the G1 ends up being in the main events of the Wrestle Kingdom show, which is New Japan's version of WrestleMania. So I would hope that it'd be something similar in the sense that, you know, whoever wins this Continental Classic will end up getting a title shot, whether it be at Revolution. Um, you know, if, if they really wanted to hold off on it, Uh, maybe at at all in that would be really make it impactful. Um, But I don't think that's what they will do. I think they will just keep it to the closest pay-per-view. And I think that's not necessarily because uh, what they would be want. It would be more trying to adapt to a modern day audience that is a little less patient than it would be in in years past, if that makes any sense. Um, So I think they'll do this some sort of title shot at Revolution or whatever future AEW pay-per-view is after uh, World's End. And uh, I I think you have to, if if you're going to establish this as a yearly tradition and you want to do this more than once, I think you have to put some stakes into it. And I think there was the novelty at first that they try to play off of with the Owen Hart tournament, where this is the first time you really see a wrestling promotion promote Owen Hart in that way. Um, and I think they try to play off of the novelty of that, but then it kind of wore off because then it, you realize, as you mentioned, there's not really much of a stake, uh, afterwards after winning the tournament. So in order to make this continental classic work, I think they do have to incorporate some sort of a title shot, whether it be again at a pay-per-view or even just a, a big name dynamite, a big, a big dynamite. Um, I, I think that would be something that would, uh, that would work best with this uh, tournament style.
0: Right. So I'll, I'll disagree with you a little. Uh, not really. This is something to me to change the complexion of, of wrestling in AEW for the next 10 years. Like, they don't have anything. Like, the WWE, for every time we give it crap, it deserves it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Royal Rumble is maybe the most must-see event of the year because it has a lot of what you're looking for when it comes to surprises, and the stakes are very high. So you can't you can't take that away, right? Like the Royal Rumble is important because the stakes are important. Like, they could have this event, and if there was no stakes to it, as you said, uh, okay, someone came back, someone won an event. Like, it makes me mad about the Owen Hart stuff because this is what the Owen Hart Classic should have been. Like, this remove G1, put in Owen Hart, put it in AEW, this is everything that it should be, Mm -hmm. right? And instead of calling it the Continental Classic, Why didn't they just call this the Owen Hart tournament? Like, I don't get it. But regardless of why they didn't do that, the stakes have to be high. And I'm in for waiting until all in for somebody to do this. And I also think next year, you don't have to start it so late. You get your pay-per-view date at the end of December and you can do this for two months if you want to in fact i would i wouldn't be showcasing these matches around like putting them on rampage and putting them elsewhere i'd put them on dynamite and collision that's it because i want someone to follow i don't want someone to have to watch all three shows and then if you miss a show and you don't really know like if you're going to invest in the tournament you invest in the tournament and you should be able to watch a couple of their shows and say okay like i'm fully invested i know how much this round robin match means because it means if this guy beats this guy then maybe somebody else wins the division like the g1 it's fun and then the stakes are high so new japan has it the wwe has it aew does not have it and for whatever you think of money in the bank which i don't think I just watched another special on, and it was like an older one, but it was the rivalry with Cena and Edge. Mm -hmm. And it was just terrific because you had both of them talking about the entire time, but what the money in the bank at that point did for Edge and how many characters it has elevated to pop stars in the WWE. That's gone away for me in the last few years. But especially, I think Otis won it. (laughs) That was a good time, eh? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, you can listen back to those reviews of when I talked about that and just hear the excellent time I was having around that time.
0: Yeah, but more than not, that briefcase has elevated people to like top star. And if it was used properly, it's another mechanism. It's another vehicle to use somebody to get them to the next level. Now, whether they come through on that or not, that's their problem. But the Royal Rumble completely puts someone in the main event of WrestleMania. By winning the G1, you're basically considered the best wrestler in the world, and you get the title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm -hmm. AEW does not have this. Please make it into this. Right? Like, now you've come up with an idea. I don't love the name. I don't love... Some things about it already. But is if used properly a vehicle, I would absolutely not put it on a dynamite. I would absolutely put it at your most major show of the year. Put it all in. You wanna you wanna tell me the tickets are available in November? Then December 30th, you can tell me one of the people who's gonna be in the main event. Mm -hmm. So I hope it goes well. And what I don't want to see. Or I guess, instead of saying it like that, I'll try and say it of what I do want to see. And what I do want to see is the winner of this isn't just the winner of the tournament, but it propels them to another level, because not only do they get the title shot, but they're considered... Like, when the G1 finishes, you pretty much feel like that guy is going to be the, like, the next star or is a star, and he's getting his shot back, but a major, major player. The Rumble is a major, major player. I love the G1 because it ends up being... Um, like, all of those matches, and if you survive and you get through, you have you've accomplished something. You are somebody because you won that tournament. And I'm not going to lie. Who even won the Owen Hart? I remember Adam Cole and Britt Baker won it. I think it was, uh, was it Ricky Starks?
1: Uh, Ricky Starks and I forget. uh, Willow Nightingale. Ricky Starks and Willow Nightingale.
0: Okay. Well, goes to show you everything you need to know about where that tournament has gone.
2: Yeah.
0: I just wanted to mean something and I wanted to be like, okay, the winner of this is going to be, like, the next star for a while. Um, And I'm hoping that we don't get, I don't call them squash matches, but, like, I don't know. I I just don't want a bunch of big guys being in there, not being able to go. Like, I want to know at the end of this that it's going to be Omega versus Danielson. It'll be, you know... I don't know. Pick pick who you want. Right. Adam Cole and Takeshka. It'll be... I just don't... I, I'm fearing that it ends up being something to, to get somebody back in it, like a Wardlow, like right. a powerhouse Hobbs. I want to believe, I guess, Zach, to finish this, I want to believe that at the end of it, yeah, I might like or not like that person, but they're pretty much one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yep,
1: that's totally fair. I I will I say want to feel that way. I I will say with G ones in the past, they have thrown in big guys before. Um, there was like a famous in New Japan lore of uh, whenever Kazuchika Okada wrestles, uh, he always just can never beat Bad Luck Fale. And if you've seen Bad Luck Fallet wrestle, like you'd be begging yeah. you'd be begging Wardlow and, and
0: Powerhouse Hobbs to wrestle. Yeah, no, I've seen Bad Luck Follet, but Bad Luck Foley never won the event, no. did he? No,
1: he was well, one of those what, guys that's... he was one of those guys that could take a loss.
0: Hey, I'm all for upsets in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm all for the storyline of somebody not being able to get past somebody else. Yep. Right? Like that happens in sports all the time. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you're better than them, but you can't beat them but I don't want that person winning the event. That's all I'm saying to you.
1: And yeah, that, that, that I agree with you.
0: Um, so let's talk about, so I don't want it at a dynamite. I don't even want it at revolution. I'd like them to milk this all the way to all in. Um, who else do you think is going to be in the tournament?
1: I think you have to throw Omega in there. Um, I would, I would like to see some of the younger guys. Like, I think it'd be fascinating to see how Daniel Garcia does in this tournament, um, right. or even like a Wheeler Yuta, uh, you know, throw in your guys that, uh, can work, but can also, uh, take a loss. Uh, so mo- some, some of your undercard guys where, you know, you're going to get a good match, but you can also rely on them just to take the loss when, when needed. Um, because you know, you're going to have to try and, Level it out with some of the points uh, at the end of it. So uh, I would pref- right. preferably like it to be more of a work rate tournament. You, you can throw in like your your wild cards, like you like you mentioned, a Wardlow or a Powerhouse Hobbs, just to kind of change it up, and um, you could kind of change up the different kind of matches you could do. But pr- predominantly, like a work rate. So your Danielson's is already in there. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see Ricky Starks in there, Kenny Omega. Um, some of your top-line workers, Takeshita, as you mentioned. Those guys that you know you can go out there, can have a good match uh, to really put this tournament over the edge.
0: Well, I hope it does. I really, really hope it does, Zach. Um, Me too. Because it's got all the potential, and we mentioned AEW is going in the wrong way, and this, to me, is something that can turn it back. Mm -hmm. It can turn it back. But you got to get there, man. You got to get there. Can you do it? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but if you can do it, it's a great vehicle to be able to get there, right? For sure. So I'm a little worried about it. But I'm also excited about it at the same time. So we'll see kind of where that goes but brian danielson being the first name in i don't think this is a tournament that brian danielson should win like i can tell you right away i'm glad he's in the tournament it's going to be amazing to see him take on some of the other guys but i don't think it's a tournament that brian danielson brian danielson should win to me this is sort of as you said that have somebody win it that is on the cusp and you know what my fear is going to be? I can tell you what my fear right away is going to be for this tournament. Is that one of the pillars is going to win the tournament.
2: Mm.
0: And by and by one of the pillars, I don't mean Darby Allen. And I wish I meant Darby Allen, but <laughs> if if you want to if you want to take the title off of MJF, and I don't think, I kind of hope he does lose at this point to um, Jay White. Me too. I think that I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd be all for it. Just because you could get his character back, going in a different direction, because it's not going in in a great direction right now. Um, I think you could get that character back. But I also, I'm gonna spoil. it. I don't think he's beating or um. <laughs> This weekend, I don't think they're ready to do that. Nope. But um, i I would consider having MJF win this tournament if you know, because I think he's shown he can go with some other guys in in some big time spots. But i my fear is that one of the pillars that aren't MJF or Darby Allen might win the tournament. Um, so that would scare me just a just a slight bit that a Sammy Guevara or a Jack Perry could win this tournament. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that AEW could then say that we we continue to believe in you. But there's a lot of other people that could do really well in this tournament. As you said, Daniel Garcia being one, but there's lots. Like there there's literally lots of people to me in that company that you could put in there to go. Okay. Like I'm I'm legitimately interested. So I and and we also know how uh how Eddie Kingston feels about the G1, right? Oh yeah.
1: Wrestled in the G1. Uh
0: last uh, Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. So um so much news to get to. I I do want to get to Samoa Joe beating Keith Lee in like 3 minutes and Keith Lee jobbing himself out. Uh, very quickly, that's the position that he's been mm-hmm. in. But Samoa Joe vacating the Ring of Honor television title in the middle of the ring. Okay, I, I come at this a couple of ways. So I'm going to ask you what you thought of how they did that.
1: I thought it came off very awkwardly uh, for me. I uh, I don't really understand the mindset of having Joe... A vacate the title, especially with how long he held that title, and I know that there's been a lot about having the ROH belts on TV, but he was, had that belt for 574 days before he dropped it, and he's just gonna vacate it like that? Like, I, I know that Reign of Honor isn't the same priority as it was when Joe won the belt, but it just feels kind of a waste. Um, And so the execution of this didn't really make sense to me. There wasn't any indication that if he were to vacate the belt, he would get a title opportunity. So uh, I thought it came off awkwardly.
0: Yeah. So a couple of things, number one, I'm not big into people holding what I would consider as I'm not going to say a, a secondary fan like, or a casual fan. I, I'm going to say as a hardcore fan of somebody holding a secondary or a tertiary belt, right? Like, I didn't think Cody holding the tag strap was any good. I didn't think there's a lot. Like, I don't quite understand what they were trying to do with Adam Cole and MJF winning the Ring of Honor, and maybe that changed, but... When Samoa Joe is a better wrestler and a more credible title holder as the television title holder in a secondary company than the world champion, you need to do something about that and quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing. You can. I know she finally lost, but... Becky Lynch coming down and winning the NXT title. And now all I read is, oh, Bianca Belair wants the same opportunity. Oh, great. That'll, that'll just be awesome. Another star looking to you know, rebound and, and just use that title. But um, what I, so I don't think Joe holding that title, if he was going to be a prominent member of AEW, was a good idea. I also think it makes him look stronger going after the AEW world title by vacating the belt and not and not losing it. But the problem with that is that Ring of Honor is supposed to be this we shake hands, we do things the right way, right? Well, now you don't have that at all. You just have him beating, and they didn't even build up the match. It was just like oh, there's Keith Lee in the ring. Oh, here comes Joe, and he just beats him three minutes, and oh, he's going to vacate the title. So, I agree with you that it came off awkwardly. Um, I don't think it did anything for Ring of Honor at all. No, like, definitely not. It made them look worse, which I don't... I just don't understand how they're trying to run that company right now. Um, it's like, oh, make sure you buy our events, and and subscribe to these channels to watch our Ring of Honor shows, Ah, eh, but we'll just go out on, on another company and have somebody vacate the title right? that they've held for 574 days or whatever. Like, what? But from an AEW perspective, I actually think it made Joe look strong. Now, that doesn't do anything again for Ring of Honor and the belt and the history, and again, I will complain all day about how they've treated and what they've done with Ring of Honor, but It actually made Joe look strong going, okay, I I have a secondary title and a secondary promotion. I don't need this anymore. I'm going after the top prize and the top promotion. And that's what I want. So I think it made him look stronger, but it didn't do anything for the company of Ring of Honor, which I thought was based on all of this, you know, I guess prestige and honor and mm-hmm. all of the, all of those things. So okay, if they can get that company going in a better direction, fine. I actually think this again made Joe look strong and now makes me think maybe he is in line here to get this title. And they're doing a lot of things here behind the scenes, right? Um all along I've said Britt Baker was going to be the devil. I still think she's going to be the devil. Could CM Punk be the devil?
1: Well, he, he's, he's certainly been teasing uh, on his uh, social media, sharing the uh, black scorpion image on uh, Instagram today.
0: Which always gets my attention, right? Like, if you want to get me, 1990 WCW, black scorpion. Who's the black scorpion? <laughs> Love it. Um, And I also texted you a picture, right, of something about Grayson Waller saying he was the best in, in commentary and CM Punk responding to that as well. Yeah. So do you think it's even possible that AEW goes either back down that road or they've been going down the same road all the time making us think they have been going down a different road
1: i uh i love to dream i love to imagine i love to go into a creative world where stuff like this would happen but i think it's just punk being a tease and trying to keep his name in the headlines and just kind of you know with the grayson waller stuff and then sharing of course the black scorpion stuff and Um, I more thought when I saw that image, I was thinking, do you think punk and Ole Anderson would get along? Like if they, (laughs) if if they chatted with each other, like, do you think that's a conversation that can last more than five minutes? Um,
0: the answer is like 99% no, no, but it's all, (laughs) but it's also, if the 1% happened, it would be better than great.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I I think it's just him kind of keeping himself in the news cycle and, getting people talking. thats That's been Punk's MO for a while. Uh, even before joining AEW, he, he likes to do certain teases every once in a while just to kind of get wrestling news sites and and media types uh, talking. So I, I see this as just him kind of keeping his name in the news cycle. I will throw out this name, though, the, who might be the devil. And uh, we were just talking about the pillars earlier. Uh, how about uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry? Or now Jack Perry, uh you know, with his goons throwing somebody into the glass and uh, you know, uh, real glass, Crimea River. Uh, do you think that's uh, any possibility of Jungle Boy Jack Perry being the devil to MJF?
0: I think it would raise his character, but where? Who would be his goons?
1: That's the thing that's kind of got the hang up on me. Because I could see it, but I'm also like, who would, what, like, who would be Jungle Boy's goons? Like, he's not calling up Marco's stunt to be a goon and, and right. throw, and throw, you know, the acclaimed into the glass. Um, would it, would it be some sort of weird alliance with the kingdom and Roderick Strawn? And then you get, uh, uh, Jack Perry back in a group and have him be the
0: leader be- of that group yeah I don't mind that um, I'm always open for options that fool you as opposed to kind of the person that you think it is all the time um, but I would need this one to connect the dots a little bit more for me Uh one of the things that I think is involved in good storytelling, right, is the fact that I'm not just looking for the surprise. I'm looking for the ability to um, make sense of it all. Like, So if you told me that this was MJF or Adam Cole or Grit Baker or... Um CM Punk all of those to me you can whine in a story that makes sense to me you'll have to talk me into the Jack Perry one although it's a good way to get him back on television and back up as an important role I just wonder if he could handle because I don't know if he could be the leader of a group
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's all like I want to see him succeed. He needs to improve immensely on the microphone and making him the leader of a group. The reason why, and Christian doesn't even have a group, right? It's just his family or whatever. The patriarchy. Yeah, but there's a Don Callis family. and like They've done it a couple of times already, but those two are two of the absolute best people on the microphone ever. Jericho, how does group? because Jericho was fantastic on the microphone. I don't think the BCC works nearly as well because they don't have somebody truly that's incredible on the microphone. Um, The best factions have not just good but great people as the leaders that can talk. I'm listening to you with your Jack Perry and not saying no, mm-hmm. but I need to be sort of talked into. It's Jack Perry and Roderick Strong and Matt Taven and Mike Bennett and like, oh, okay. I, I don't know. I'd like to see him as part of a group. Again, I look what does Christian talk about the most out of anything and I'm not trying to be super morbid here when I say this but he talks about dead fathers Yep. well unfortunately there's a there's a guy missing that they want to be back into the group that's father is gone and needs a bit of direction I just think it's too perfect for him to rejoin that group Like, that to me, that that group isn't a great group right now. I just love Christian so much that I love the group.
1: Yeah.
0: But I don't look at the group and go Christian and Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, who, by the way, beat Dalton Castle on the weekend. That's right. Um, But I don't look at that group and go, man, that's an amazing group. Like, the BCC, that's a really good group. They don't have a great talker on the microphone, but – That's a really good group. Um, You know, even before with the first Jericho Appreciation Society, it was a good group. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, the inner circle. Yep. I mean, um, there's some groups out there that are good groups. I don't look at, I just love Christians so much. But if you added Jack Perry to that group, And now you're talking about, again, we've been over this, that they could go back with Luchasaurus and get the tag straps, or, you know, he could, Christian could eventually, you know, lose the TNT and Jack Perry could get it back for the group, whatever. It's just too perfect a group right now, I think, for him not to go in. I'm telling you if CM Punk, you know what I, I'm not trying to go back to it too much here, but if CM Punk legitimately got fired because of what Zach? Sorry it was to- the last it what? was the last straw. but what did he really do?
1: Uh, fought a co-worker backstage <laughs> multiple times. Uh, but in this case, uh, fought Jack Perry backstage. You didn't after... fight him. Well, he threw... He, well, we, apparently there's footage of some sort of scuffle. I think we could agree on a scuffle.
0: Um, okay. Well, look, I get in a scuffle with my co-workers too. It doesn't mean I'm fired.
1: You throw punches? Because that's, that's what it sounds like uh, he did. Do you Do you put your boss in in a a precarious position.
0: Uh. Sure. But it also, what it sounds like and what we've actually seen are two different things. So all I'm saying is like, I get it. It was the last straw. All these things that happened with CM Punk, blah, 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 blah. I can talk myself into he actually didn't do that much to get fired. They just got tired of him. I can talk myself into that. And if that's the argument, I can also talk myself back into that this is a full stunt to get him back into uh you know in a really really important place. Um I don't think he's the devil, but I can talk myself into seeing that and going, "Okay, That's super cool. Like, that's... If that's orchestrated from the beginning, that's super cool.
1: It would be a hell of a twist.
0: So... I would love that. And that's a little bit of the fan in me and a little bit of us putting his song at number one. (laughs) Right. Uh, But... Anyway, I I think that that was... um, That was some interesting... Stuff and I still don't know who the devil is. My my money is still on Britt Baker.
1: She did do an interview saying she wasn't the devil. Yeah,
0: but it is pro wrestling, so I you
1: know. read
0: her quote, and her quote didn't really. She said she wasn't, and then she went on about how everyone on the internet wants to find out who it is, and then when they find out who it is you know, they're either mad or, you know, it's okay to not find out. And it's kind of skirted around the issue a little bit. Like Mm. maybe she's just because it's Adam and she's trying to protect Adam. I don't know. Um, but at least I like the, what's she going to say? Yes. You, you have found out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, You got me. I, uh,
0: who the devil is? <laughs> yeah. Like
1: I didn't think you so, would bring this up in this interview. Oh silly me. You got me. Yeah. yeah
0: you got me. Uh,
1: <laughs> let, let, let's take you through the process on how I'm the devil. Uh, you know.
0: Can I throw one more name at you? Sure. It's a little out there. What about Adam Copeland? Edge? yeah
1: that would be not as far-fetched certainly would be a wild card choice um
0: would vault him into a title picture for sure and I'm assuming if he was the devil at that point you could instantly just put him back with Christian and that's fine yeah like they're both bad guys, like it, it's fine, yeah. And, and then they get on their run. I just, he looks very directionless right now, entering the company. And again, I, I feel like this is the fan in me more than being realistic. But when top stars are directionless, I'm looking for a direction for them to go to, mm. like. Okay, so they wrestle at full gear and
2: what?
0: I'll assume that that team will win, but they won't pin Christian?
1: That sounds about right, yeah.
0: Okay, so then what?
1: Well, I mean, uh, it's funny you mentioned this. If you want me to transition into a question that we got about this topic uh, from one of our listeners... Uh, That can help sort of drive this conversation. What
0: ding-dong listener is able to be smart enough to ask an intelligent question about Christian and Edge and AEW? I'd like to hear this name.
1: For sure. Well, uh, this question comes in from Mac.
0: My man, Mac. Long-time listener to the show. Oh, and part of the greatest team in the world, Mac and Cheese.
1: Oh, yeah, that is a good duo.
0: That's a great right? tag team. Well, a great. It was a great show on Friends too. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a good call. Right? Yeah. Joey Mac and Cheese. That's right. Yeah. With the robot. Okay. Like, what? What? What does Mac have to say about this? I'm interested.
1: Before I uh, uh, read off Mac's question here, if you want to send in a question, you could send a question to our social media at tiw underscore audio, or you could send an email at
0: Lee. At gmail.com
1: and the question coming in from mac he asks what do you think sting's last match should be and who should win i feel like there is enough time to work towards a sting derby versus edge christian matchup my preference would be for christian to pin sting following interference from nick wayne have luchasaurus take out rick flair it would create buzz around edge and christian and put a lot of heat on all four heels thanks mac
0: I knew we had some intelligent listeners to the show. (laughs) I really did. Like some days I doubt it with the ding-dongs that write in and talk to us about just some of the most ridiculously dumb ideas ever. Kind of like Le Champion does. Um, Wow. Oh, did, wow. I, did I say that they're loud? You it's did. Kind of part of my team. That's a team yeah.
1: lever uh, teammate right there. I know. I know. Wow. Um,
0: unprompted for me say,
1: either too. I
0: I said wow. uh, I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm really not. Um, <laughs> but I like this question a lot. Okay, Zach, who do you think? I I do as you said. You you kind of think it's going to be a tag team to protect them a little bit. I also feel like it will be a tag team match. Um, If you're going to tell me that this is going to build to Christian and Nick Wayne, I'm going to be disappointed (laughs) that it's going to be Sting and Darby against Nick Wayne and Christian, and they're just going to build it up, build it up, build it up. Um, The only thing that could happen, though, in that match that I would understand why Sting would do it is that if Nick Wayne pinned Sting it would help Nick Wayne a little bit yeah building building up to that mm-hmm. um but could i get behind Nick Wayne pinning Sting with the head with the help of Edge or Adam Copeland sorry I, um Yeah, I could. So right now, my bet would be on Christian and Nick Wayne against Darby and Sting. I want to be wrong about that because I don't really want Nick Wayne involved. I think it's great that he's up and coming and being put in some storylines and getting the the Christian and Luchasaurus rub and all that stuff. I just, he's still 18, 19 years old. Yep. You know, still has a long way to go.
1: Yep. In terms so, of its development and all that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Instead of being the prominent guy to put a guy over in the main event or the retirement of an absolute icon. But I know, like, you know, that Sting is going to want to get somebody a bit of a rub on it. Mm-hmm. But so that's my bet right now. But I want to be wrong because I'd love anything that you can talk me into edge and Christian, like I'm there. Yeah. And I I do think that will happen because the way that they're going now doesn't make me think that eventually edge is just going to fight Christian at the end of this. And then what, right? Like, don't they have to kind of team together and then break up and then it's the end of those guys. Like after that, like, and that might be in a year or two, I don't know. It feels like to me you got to go down that road. Don't be doing Edge and Christian in like 2 months and then where do you ever go from there?
1: Right. Yeah, I uh when I when this feud was initially starting, I was thinking maybe they would do a six-man tag and Sting's last match. Now they're doing that for this upcoming pay-per-view with full gear. So to me, I think it, it, there is a strong uh there's a strong chance that we could see an Edge and Christian versus Sting and Darby Allen match at Revolution. Uh, I think that would be just a big name, a big, you know, you look at it on a card and that sticks out. And especially with it being Sting's last match, I don't think Edge is going to remain a baby face here much longer. I think they are going to put the wheels in motion to have him turn heel and realign with, with Christian.
0: Th- starting this weekend?
1: Potentially this weekend, if not before the end of the year, maybe at the year's end pay-per-view. Um, but uh, I, I think as you it's mentioned... It's called
0: World's End, not Year's End. Okay, Zach?
1: Did I say Year's End? I apologize.
0: Uh, no, I, you World's said that Year's End. like, But knowing that you're probably just talking about the end of the year and not the pay-per-view. But right. I, I was just being a jerk.
1: <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, well, I mean, I mean that's part of the course. But... Uh, no,
0: I. I oh, wow, think- look at you throwing your own golf terms like you play. Good for you. <laughs> I used to play all Amazing. the time. Amazing. Uh, yeah, you. You used to do a lot of things. I used hey, to. Zach? Yeah. yeah. Now all you do is broadcast every sporting event ever in Belleville. That's right. Moving on. Moving on to Kingston.
1: That's right. Uh, Eastern Canada Cup. I'm going to be broadcasting Wednesday. So.
0: What in the name of God is the Eastern Canada Cup?
1: Some of the top players in Junior A across Canada. Well, I shouldn't say across Canada, more Ontario and Quebec, uh, a little bit in Manitoba. Uh, They will descend down uh, into Trenton and they will uh, be part of uh, different teams and you'll see some NHL scouts at the uh, arena in Trenton. And uh, it should be a a fun time. And uh, there's a tournament final on Wednesday, so uh, our local uh, TV station is broadcasting that, and I will be involved with that. Um, but back to the question uh, at hand, uh, I will say, yeah, I, I think you're going to have Edge turn heel at some point before the end of 2023. And I think that's the best move for him. I think he's better as a heel. I think you had to debut him as a baby face because you knew you were going to get a big reaction with his debut. Um, and as you mentioned with him right now i won't say he's directionless because there is there is a story being played out for him and he is being featured on tv it's more he's just not really hitting with this fan base and he's really not making a difference and i feared that was what was going to happen continuing from wwe where he really didn't make much of a difference there either and so i think in order to try and I don't want to say salvage, but kind of change the direction of him and, and how his he's pushed in the company. I think the best thing for him is to go heel and, and to have him be a tag team partner with Christian. And I think there's a lot of things you could do with that tag team as a heel that could make for some interesting television. And I think that would lead to uh, what Mac has laid out with a Stain and Darby Allen versus Edge and Christian match. And you can have either Edge or Christian get the final pin on Sting. Um, you know, I, in the past I, I'm I'm a big proponent of having the young guy go over. And I'm I think of the old school way of the person that has their last match, they usually are the ones looking at the lights at the end and you put over the next generation. But I think mm-hmm. in this I, I think in this case, you know, I, I think as you mentioned with Nick Wayne, I'm, I'm higher on Nick Wayne than I think you are. I think he's got s- some potential, but he's also, as you mentioned, very young. He's 18, 19. There's still plenty of time. You don't want to put so much pressure on the kid right off the bat. Uh, and having him be involved in the storyline, I think works enough for him at this stage of his development and his career. So uh, I would avoid that at this point. Um, and then you just rely on your edge, edge or Christian to kind of get the victory.
0: Yeah, it's just having Nick Wayne in that spot, there'll be a lot of focus on what's going on there, right? Yep. Like, if Sting's retirement, there'll be a lot of focus on it. And then... Yeah. I Let's uh, turn a little bit to... And still, a bit, I don't know that I was surprised but I was happy to see Chris Jericho getting a win over Takeshka in DDT. That's right. In, in Japan. Um, and I think Takeshka doing the right thing here. Um, but every time you think Jericho is just a little, like he gets dominated by Hobbes, and okay, like maybe it's time does something like this that kind of resurrects his career a little bit. And I, I don't care as much about the loss to Hobbs as I do the win over Takeshka. I think Takeshka is better than Hobbs anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I don't care that it's in DDT either. Like I know why that's where Takeshka came up. And um, I don't think the golden jets name for them both being from Winnipeg with Bobby Hull is getting enough traction. I've tried to get it a little bit of traction in my group chat with some of the guys here, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that they know what they're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I think the right thing to do and suddenly one win here for Chris Jericho to me, does a lot for the guy. It really does. Mm-hmm.
1: I've been on this show saying he's got to win more. Uh you know, cause, you know, I, I joke about how people kind of perceive Chris Jericho as again this this backstage politician, the modern day Hulk Hogan. I joke around with that. But really, in terms of keeping a, a level of overness for him and being one of those guys that's featured on TV, he's gotta win some matches at some point, right? And that's why I kind of point out, look, he's lost here, he's lost here, he's lost at this big stage. I think mm-hmm. in this case, in order to continue the feud. You have Jericho win in DDT in, in you know Takeshita's home promotion and you give the babyface in this case in Jericho a, a chance to uh you know get one over on the heel. Um, I don't have an issue with it. And really with Jericho's presence for that DDT show, it's it's trying to emulate what he did with New Japan many years ago with Kenny Omega and trying to get that international base to to you know descend onto DDT and see their show. And I it's, it's another way of Jericho in my mind, giving back to the business. So, uh, I don't have an issue with him winning. And again, for an AEW audience, I'm sure they'll mention it on uh TV, but really it's, it's not going to have that much of an impact on Takeshita. Um, no. So I, I don't mind this. Uh, I, I, I've not seen the match. I've heard it was a very good match. Um, but, uh, I think this is the right way to go if they want to continue this storyline. And, there's still many more, uh, many more chapters in this story uh, to go through, and I think this is just a part of it. So obviously, this isn't the final, this isn't the conclusion of the story. So I don't have an issue with it.
0: Okay, Zach likes it.
1: Yeah, the modern day Hulk Hogan strikes again in a different modern. promotion, across over the ocean, uh, and uh, to, to poor old Takeshta. I will say though, they de- they do need to do more with Takeshita and uh, and coming yep. off of his victory over Omega, they've really not done much um, so uh, they've got to do more on that but this is not one of those this is not one of those matches that's going to kill his momentum or anything like that
0: No, and from all accounts, I haven't seen it either from all accounts, it's pretty good mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't It was just like a, a match that you wouldn't that you wouldn't talk about uh before we get to full gear predictions um there was a couple other things i wanted to get to number one um first of all i don't know if you saw the miz win a big match to get himself a a nice opportunity
2: mm-hmm.
0: after pinning bronson reed but um you know Can't believe we left Mrs. theme song out of the greatest of all time last week. That definitely Um, wasn't
1: making my top 10, I can tell you that. Not even my top 20.
0: Well, you don't come to play most days, so. (laughs) I get it. The other thing I wanted to just talk about in in WWE very quickly was what I thought was a pretty, I got to say, poor performance of... L.A. Knight coming out afterwards. And I just... Man, I don't know. Uh, I was... Uh, I was really wondering what they would do to try and keep his momentum. And they did nothing. He basically came out and said, oh, I didn't get the job done. I didn't do this. And I didn't do this. But don't worry, I'm still here. And, you know, Grayson Waller comes out. and It's like all right, you're right back, baby, in the mid-card. This is perfect. Yeah. Like This this is just perfect. Because um, I don't. And then they set up War Games. I didn't like the way that they did that at all. But I guess I'm supposed to believe that these guys are going to be on the same team. It's just not a match I'm looking forward to. So any thoughts on the WWE here before we move to full gear?
1: No uh I mean as you mentioned with LA Knights uh his momentum is definitely not the same. Now it's one week. Maybe maybe things will change. I'll 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 give it a, a couple more weeks. We'll see how it plays out, but it's not looking good for all LA Knights. Um yeah, you mentioned the Miz winning his match. That was kind of a little awkward how they did the finish because it appears Ricochet may have gotten a concussion during that match. Um And uh, I guess they were trying to do a double pin so that they could do another match next week, uh, or in this case, uh, tonight's Raw. Um, But uh, might as well just get the result out there now. Um, Not much on the WWE side. I just find the shows, they're not... I don't think they're awful or bad when it comes to Raw or SmackDown. I just find them very uneventful. Um, It's why I, I don't buy into this... Triple H is this godly tier booker. I think he puts together. Compared to Vince's shows, they they they're they're much better. But you know, I, I'm I'm really starting to deviate away from that and just kind of look at these shows for what they are. Um, and right now, these shows really aren't just appealing to me when it comes to Raw or SmackDown. Um, and I guess uh, quickly, I, I did want to mention NXT getting their television deal with the CW. Yes, uh, yeah. So uh, that I think that's a big win for WWE when it comes to that. Uh, being able to, because for a time when they were competing head to head with AEW, they were just getting smoked. They had to move off of different nights and uh, they had to change the, the whole brand in order to regroup. And so I think them being able to get a bigger television deal out of it, uh, with a network that's a broadcast network, maybe not as big as Fox, but uh, still in a bunch of homes across the U.S. I think 100% coverage in the U.S. Um, I think you have to look at that as a massive win for WWE. And the CW mm-hmm. has been going out and picking up different properties, and they've started to go in the live sports realm. They've they've got uh, ACC football and basketball. Um, I believe they have NASCAR's, I guess their version of NXT, you would know better than that, uh, than I would when it comes to NASCAR. Um, but they've got their, uh, programming rights there. The Um, infinity series. Yes. Uh, they've got the, the television rights for the infinity series. Um, and, uh, and some other smaller, uh, you know, uh, live sports elements. They've got an NFL show on there as well. So, CW is getting invested and picking up all these properties and it's led to NXT getting a big boost uh, for them. I've seen dollar totals be anywhere between 25 million to 50 million. It it seems like it's all over the place, but by all accounts, it sounds like it's an improvement. And so again, considering where they were, you know, a while back, I I think that's a testament to them, uh, being able to rebuild the brand. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's because of great television from NXT, uh, for however I feel about raw, I think it's significantly worse with NXT. Um, yeah. but in terms of rebuilding the brand, getting, uh, their stars on the NXT show and, and trying to create some new guys and gals on that show. Uh, I think you have to look at this as a success. Um, and if you're the NWA after what's happened, uh, it, it sounds like they might be on the end, uh, the CW app. Uh, so, uh, but not on TV like they initially thought, uh, because of that uh, cocaine spot at the
0: pay-per-view. So what, can you tell people what happened? Just so, not know,
1: so if, if, I, I wouldn't shock people didn't know because not everybody bought the pay-per-view, but uh, not
0: and the, everybody or <laughs> 212 people,
1: 212 buys uh, allegedly uh, for the fight uh, stream
0: Two two hundred 212,000, right?
1: No, no, not 212,000, 212. Exactly.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not, uh, not good. Uh, if you want to sell pay-per-views, uh, Mister Versace. But um, nice. so why not? You know, you're you're on the verge of of signing a TV deal. It's not been officially announced yet. Why not just you know take a massive risk and do something that could you know rattle the network a little bit? So apparently Billy Corgan thought that you know what's a great idea? Let's try and get this cocaine spot over in uh, the NWA on pay-per-view because they were doing this Halloween-themed show, and uh, you remember Father James Mitchell, Mr. Versage? Of Uh, course. They uh, cut to him uh, in the crowd, and he's just straight up doing lines of coke. Uh, I cannot confirm if the coke is real or not. I don't know if it's shoot coke or worked coke, but uh, uh, the the implication anyway on uh, on pay-per-view, but uh, it appeared to have rattled the CW enough Uh, Where it may look like if they had any sort of television deal, it might have been relegated to a streaming deal of some sort on the CW app, uh, which is not good for the NWA. Sounded like they were going to get some sort of big money deal um, for the NWA, I should say. Um, This could be an all-time gaffe uh, if more information comes out, uh, especially now with NXT sweeping in.
0: And we don't know that all of that's the case, but it did look like they were trending towards getting a deal. Suddenly they don't get a deal. WWE comes in with NXT. They get the deal. And it's right at the time where somebody's doing coke at a pay-per-view that 212 people bought. That's right. That, that's rock bottom.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: When, it, uh... when it comes to what you think you are and what you actually are. Yeah. And I, I like the NWA. I don't love it. I get what they're trying to do, but I, I don't mind what they're, what they are. But this, as you said, it's got the potential to be an all time gaffe. Like, not Tyler Boyd dropping the ball in the end zone to cost me my whole survivor pool after 10 weeks by dropping a ball in the end zone and Joe Burrow, who wore a freaking Montreal Alouettes jersey because his father played there, Mm -hmm. lost a home to the Houston Texans. I hope that team doesn't win another game and loses every game and don't make the playoffs. What a bunch (laughs) of losers. Wow. Yeah, not that I'm mad about it or anything.
1: Couldn't tell, No.
0: No you know but anyway it's got the potential to be an all-time gaffe yeah imagine
1: Um, imagine uh you know billy corgan was initially going to buy tna and dixie carter outsmarted him it's like if you know anything about dixie and, and how that whole scenario with tna i mean this is the same dixie carter that accidentally sent an email to destination america executives saying how much they were dummies and uh that same person got uh, outsmarted Billy Corgan when it came to wrestling and getting ownership of a company. So, uh, I think that's kind of transcended into, uh, the NWA as well. So this sounds like it's an all time gaff when it comes to pro wrestling and it's stuff like this that makes me still a wrestling fan. It's uh, it's so yeah. pro wrestling
0: that it is uh, very pro wrestling. It's so
1: only, right. only in wrestling can you lose a television deal because you try to do a
0: Coke spot on pay-per-view. So. The 212 people bought exactly. Um, all right, full gear coming up on Saturday. It's going to happen at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California. AEW. Uh, let's go over some of the matches. And unfortunately, for me, this has been a little bit bungled from like a <laughs> full gear gearing up for it. Mm because there's just been some very, very late editions. Um, very like half the card is like late editions, um, which I don't like. but uh, let's get to some of the matches here that will save um, kind of where we think it'll go at the end. But let's get to, Uh, Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting against Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Uh, Are you giving any chance to Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne? And how does this one play out? I kind of think, just like you said, I think Adam Copeland's going to turn, but I'm not sure it's going to be this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give the victory to Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland. Uh, they've been doing a thing that's kind of been a little under the radar, but sting has not lost a match in AEW. Um, and I think in any sort of capacity, um, other than the tag title match with, uh, FTR now that I think about it, but, um, I think they're going to try and keep him on a bit of a streak heading into his final match, um, till when he eventually has to lose, um, and so I am going to give the victory over to Sting, Darby Allen, Adam Copeland in this one.
0: Yeah, same here. I just can't see it going any other direction, quite frankly. Um, I think Adam Copeland turns at some point, but it, it isn't gonna be this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you still gotta put him like he just appeared at the last pay per view, right? Yep. Um, so get him a win under his belt and keep Sting hot. And as you said, kind of build build up to that low key stat for thing, going into um, the last match, at least just build them up a little bit. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, Suddenly, Collision has all these things happen on it where it's like, okay, I guess we're getting that. I guess we're getting that. So, we are going to get a four-way with Ricky Starks and Big Bill against FTR, LFI, and House of Black. Um... I think they should have done the House of Black stuff a little bit better because I would have put them like right at the top of the heap at this point. Um, But because it was such a slow build, I haven't seen a lot of FTR. We haven't seen a ton of LFI either. Um, Probably have to pick Starks and Big Bill to hang on to the belts here. But um, I would like to see them on House of Black.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm also gonna pick Starks and Big Bill to retain. As you mentioned, this has just kind of been thrown together here. There there's clearly been a lot of changes of direction here when it comes to the tag belts. I I I still firmly believe that Starks and Big Bill weren't supposed to be tag champions at this stage, and I think there was some maneuvering around for this, and now they're kind of in this position where Starks and Big Bill are the champions. Um I think they're going to retain here. Uh, I would like to see it either on FTR or Kings of the Black Throne, House of Black, as you mentioned. Um, But I think there's more story to tell with Starks and Big Bill that they want to go through, so I think they're going to retain.
0: Yeah. I I would agree. And it's thrown together, too, last minute. Um, Another one that's thrown last minute that I actually think there will be a title change, and that is Julia Hart getting another shot at Chris Statlander. For the TBS championship. Um, I don't know what it is. It's not like I think Julia Hart's an, an amazing wrestler. But she has a little bit of the it factor. Yep. Her her music is great. Her entrance is great. They got the lights going some different directions. She's got a very good moonsault. She's now beat Willow Nightingale twice. She's basically beat everyone in her path here. and Including some really good women wrestlers except for Statlander. And she gave Statlander a hell of a run. I, I can't see any reason why she's not going to win the TBS championship here. Um, I don't know actually why you'd book it if she's not going to um, just because she lost last time and it was a really good match. So what are you going to do? Just have her be the ultimate baby face and keep losing and keep improving. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, um, I think Julia Hart's gonna be your new TBS champion.
1: Yeah, I uh I I should mention this this will eventually be a three-way match because there's gonna be a red velvet versus sky blue match on dynamite, uh where we right. get added in. Why Red Velvet is getting an opportunity despite losing to Julia Hart last week, I have no idea, but that's this direction AEW is going at this stage. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think there's not been much to the Statlander reign at this stage. And I think Julia Hart has been building up some mom- momentum here. And she's somebody that I think you could look at as a success story so far in terms of coming into the company pretty fresh, didn't have a lot of matches under her belt, has really developed a lot. And uh, she's been getting over with the crowd. Her matches have been solid. Um, I, I, think, uh, I, I think Julia Hart's going to win as well. I uh, I I'm, I'm a Statlander fan. I, I think I would like to see her continue with the belt, but there's really not been much juice in this in this title reign for Statlander. And I think uh, taking this into a different direction and putting the belt on Julia Hart uh, is the way to go. And whomever wins between Red Velvet or Sky Blue, they're not going to win this match. Um, if they wanted to, they could do the whole, you know, Julia Hart pins, one of them whether it be red velvet or sky blue, and then you Mm can continue on with another singles program with Statlander. If, if, if you wanted to go that direction, it wouldn't be the direction I would preferably like to go. It wouldn't be. Um, but that's something that they could do, but I think Julia Hart's got a strong chance. Uh, I'm going to pick Julia Hart as well.
0: Yeah. And it's not only that, I think Statlander has been pretty good. And I would put her right up into like the, not that the TBS Championship, but in the women's, it's not the same, right? Mm-hmm. As the AEW World Championship, and um, I think you put Statlander right up into that conversation, and probably going up against the new AEW Women's World Champion in Tony Storm, uh, you're gonna have to tell me why Tony Storm loses this match to Akira rashida
1: Yeah, I uh, I think she's gonna win. This character is not over with me as it is for others.
0: Well, uh, it's hard to be over on, in Canada when all of our vignettes air during the commercials. Well,
1: that's true. Yeah. In then in the, in the picture in picture.
0: Oh my God. Every time. It's yeah. like, I want, I kind of want to see it yet. You're not allowing me to see it.
1: Well, that's, I, th- I think that is the bit that they're playing the silent film during the uh, picture in picture. Uh,
0: not the best bit I've ever seen. No. Zach.
1: Uh especially when you got Luther now getting involved in this uh story. Um yeah, I mean they they're really high up on Tony Storm and I think she's gonna win the belt here. And uh I I don't know what sort of skits will come from it, uh what what different uh, films uh, performances we're gonna get uh from her winning the belts and you know, doing these silent films and being the starlet of the nineteen fifties or whatever—just I don't know. This 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 isn't as interesting to me as it is for others. So, but I am going to pick Tony Storm to win.
0: You are okay. Yeah. Well, you should because she's going to win. Yeah. So, Adam Page and Swerve Strickland would be the third installment. Of this match, correct?
1: I think it'd be the second, wouldn't it? I think it's the second one of of these 2 trying to think of what what other uh, matches they had. Does Adam
0: Page not have a win over Swerve Strickland, or am I imagining that?
1: I thought Swerve was the one that got the uh, victory. Yeah, it's the last
0: pay-per-view. Did Adam Page not? I could be wrong. Okay. No, I could be wrong, too. Let me check here. Yeah, Wait, this, is, just... uh,
1: this is this is this uh, is the only other one they had was the one at the last pay per view. So okay. this is their second right. one.
0: So it's time for Adam Page to win then.
1: Yes, this is his match style. This is his match stipulation. They love to do it with their guys, where they love to have the guys win their matches. Um, and I think that's going to continue on with Adam Page. I think this is going to be one of those performances where what they're going to try to do with Swerve. To take him to that next level because I, I think there's a lot there. I, I'm I'm super high up on Swerve Strickland. Um, yeah. You know, I love Me the too. Prince Donna dance. You know, I'm, I'm doing the dance. But Still I am I. Yeah. But also going to say this as someone who loves the Prince Donna dance. I think in some ways in terms of him getting really to that next level in the main event, it's kind of holding him back a little bit. Um, It's keeping him in an upper mid card, lower level main event slot when I think he could be higher. Um, And I think we've seen in the past where wrestlers that go through a a match like this, like the Texas death match, or a hardcore match, or a Hell in a Cell match, like Triple H had his career made after having those matches with Mick Foley. It took him to that next level. I think that's what they're going to try to emulate here with Swerve Strickland, where he has this intense match with Adam Page that gets taken to the next level and pushes him. I think that's what they're going to try to do here. Um and so even if he loses, uh he looks good in defeat. So I think that's the plan here right now and and I think him, Hangman Page will get the victory. Um it's nice of him to uh finally respond to uh after the home invasion that he had uh, where you yeah. know his wife and his and his young child were left vulnerable. Uh so I'm good. I'm glad that he, you know, took some time to sit on it, you know, after having his home <laughs> invaded. Uh, really ponder through his thoughts and and then finally come up with this Texas death match stipulation that's great um story has not uh been great for this but I think the match itself on the pay-per-view will be really solid uh, and I'm looking forward to this
0: golden Jets and young bucks gonna go at it Chris Jericho Kenny Omega and the young bucks I don't mind the match it just built really poorly yeah um, really poorly. However, I like the concept of the match. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I like the stipulation too. I've just been having issues because it just seemed like once the Bucks won their world tag title stipulation, they just didn't mention it on TV forever until recently. Yeah. So I'm glad they were finally going back to it. Um, and so I like the concept, um, The thought of Kenny Omega having another issue with the Bucks and the Elite does not entice me. I've already been through this story for the last couple of years. I don't need to see the story again. Um, But having said all of that, uh, I think they are going to try and continue this story. I think Omega and Jericho will beat the Bucks. um, And
0: get the title match.
1: And get the title match. Um, I I think there's more in the Omega-Jericho story that they want to do. And with the stipulation being that they must disband if they lose, um, I and and we've seen them be very they they stick by their stipulations in AEW. Um, I I think that uh, that means something, and I think uh, Omega and Jericho will get the victory over the box, and it will continue this dissension within the elite because that is a new and interesting story we have not seen in AEW with the elite.
0: Well, yeah, and. It goes right back. The only thing I don't like about it, and I agree with you, I think they're going to continue with the Golden Jets. They've made the t-shirts. I'm in. I want one. Um, there's some more story to tell with that. But it it really at least leads me early to believe that this is the same story with Kenny Omega and Adam Page holding the belts. Right? Like. Yep. Are they really going to put the belts on those guys? Uh, another makeshift tag team that are going to just feud with each other when it's all said and done? Like, I, I guess. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think I read a story today that Jericho patented the name the Jericho era. Mm-hmm. Did, do you think that has any... Do you, do you see the Jericho era coming in?
1: No. Uh, sometimes Jericho will, will kind of trademark stuff to try different things. Like, uh, uh, I know for a while back, he tried to get GFY over, um, and it didn't get as over as I think he was hoping for. So we just kind of changed it up. Um, so I, I think this could be just one of those, like, he's got an idea. He's going to patent it and see if he can get it over. Um, I don't look too much into it at this stage.
0: Okay. Do you like the idea though of them going down the Jericho Omega Road together um, and becoming this unit that again is going to get the elite all bent out of shape?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't like the the story of getting the elite. You know, some issues uh, within them. Uh, I thought we moved past this with the Omega Hangman stuff a while back, uh, but. I like like what you said. This seems like it's a copy of what they've been doing with with the Hangman and Omega stuff years ago, um, just to a lesser level, I guess. But
0: um, yeah. well, we'll see if they win the tag belts. Then
1: yeah. the opportunity but for the tag belts, yes. Um,
0: yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. But if they if they eventually win the tag belts, okay, gotcha. Then... Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I it's, it's a story I'm not particularly interested in. I, I, I'd like to see them deviate. I, I'd like Hane Man to be on his own from the elite now and doing his own thing, um, to, to help him be that top guy. Cause I think with this continuing to go longer, I think it just holds him back, uh, more yeah. and more. Um, and so, uh, I, I, I think it, it's something that they got to move on from and try and, find different avenues to tell the stories that they right. want to tell.
0: So the next two matches, I think there's only two left unless I'm missing something. Um, one of them I think is probably the, the uh, closest to a pickem that you're going to get. It's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the other one is probably the biggest favorite. Let's go to the one. I think is probably the closest call that would be orange Cassidy. Defending against John Moxley. I'm really interested to hear your viewpoint on the AEW international title.
1: Yeah, I'm torn on this because part of my brain is thinking you have Orge Cassidy beat John Moxley, you have him overcome John Moxley. The other part of my brain is like you finally got Mox back, and you're kind of back to square one with the story you kind of wanted to tell until the Ray Phoenix match. Um it really could go either way. I'm going to pick John Moxley. I I feel like this is their opportunity in their mind to do a reset and do something similar to what they did at all out. Um Mm -hmm. and and have Orange like I like the idea of having the one guy where Orange is just so close, he's he's so close to beating him, but then in the end, Moxley is able to put him away and just figure him out. Um so I lean more towards that. I'm going to have Moxley win the international championship here. And then they can go back to what they wanted to do before Moxley
0: got hurt. Yeah. I guess the answer is what were they going to do before Moxley got hurt was the idea that he was going to go around to different promotions and defend that title. And like, what were they going to do with him? Right. Because that I agree. It common sense tells you that this is a reset that, you go back to what you were going to do in the first place because you had plans to do it. You, you know, as the consummate pro, Moxley did the right thing by getting hurt in the match and understanding he might not be able to go right away, and and they changed course on it. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I think that's great. Uh, I'll, I'll give them all the props in the world for it. And common sense tells you that this is a complete chance to reset. But I would also argue with you that I think it's between. I mean, there are other people in there, but uh, it's probably pretty close to me between Gunther and Orange Cassidy as the best champion going in wrestling. Yep. Um, You take that away from Cassidy twice, you better have a beat Moxley after this is all over. Like, I don't mind Moxley winning and you resetting to what you were going to do if eventually you're going to go back to Cassidy winning. But if Cassidy just loses again, all of the shine is off of him being that guy. And I don't know where. It's just a perfect title for him. Like, he wrestles all kinds of different people. He wrestling all over the place. He can do different style matches. He can take a ton of punishment. He finds different ways to win. I think he's done that championship really, really well. So, okay, you're going to go back to you had an idea about Moxley. I guess I'll put my trust in you that you had a good idea for John Moxley, but what are you going to do with Cassidy? And what's your idea for Moxley? I'm, I'm begrudgingly I'm going to agree with you and pick Moxley because I think common sense just tells me that this is a reset more than what my heart says. Which my heart says you'd be really stupid to take this off of Orange Cassidy. I think he's the best champion maybe in wrestling. So why you would take that away from him? to go back to your idea. Who cares about your idea? It didn't work. You've had lots of ideas that, you know what, maybe if you had a chance to reset those ideas, you would. How about going back to never taking it off Cassidy in the first place um, and doing something else with John Moxley? But again, begrudgingly, I'm going to pick Moxley and hope I'm wrong. And But I think this one's really close. Like I, I, I When I sit down to watch this match, I will not know what they're going to do. And I think that that's exciting. I do feel like the question is how MJF is going to beat Jay White and how are they going to keep Jay White hot afterwards? I just can't see any way that Jay White actually wins the AEW World Championship. Can you?
1: I don't see it. I, I've got MJF retaining. Uh, like what we said earlier in the show, uh, the way that this title reign is gone, I would love to see Jay White pick up the belt. Um and be the champion. I think he works well with it. Um, and I think he just, he's, he's fit. He fits with AEW and American wrestling. So well, um, I, but I, I think that there's going to be more here for uh, MJF on, in this title reign. I think this is going to take us all the way to that world's end pay-per-view that's in long Island. Uh, you know, there's, there's, they're, they're still doing that story about him having his contract up on January 1st. And what could happen there? Uh, I think that's going to come to a head of that pay-per-view, and I think that will involve the title. And uh, so I, I see MJF retaining over Jay White here.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes too much sense. It actually makes too much sense to extend the devil thing out till then as well,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like, feels like he's either going to be the recipient of the devil or he's going to be the devil himself. But regardless of what that is, it's going to be to set them up for a big 2024, and that's got to be with the title. So, yeah, yeah I, I just don't, you know, I'm hoping they keep book club gold hot and they do a good job, but I, I just can't see Jay White. I'll be cheering for him because I'd like them to make a change, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think my cheers will do as much as they do for like, the Dallas plays the Giants my cheers do a lot when that happens. That's
1: right. Uh, yeah, um, continuing to dominate the Giants. Uh wonderful to see this season. Um I should see, mention never, Oh, go ne- ahead.
0: I just want no, I just want to mention that very quickly. Sure. And I you know how I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Yep. It doesn't matter who they're playing or sometimes it doesn't even matter the score. I'm still terrified they're going to lose. Like yep. when they're up against different opponents like Oh, this one's a white Like when Sean McVay's walking down the sidelines and the Rams score at the end to make it like 33 10 or 33 9 or 11 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. I'm like, the Rams are coming back. Like they're going to win. Like in my mind, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I-, I know how this plays out. It's 34 33 Rams win. Like there was zero point where I thought Dallas was losing yesterday to the Giants like even when they went down and got stopped on fourth down and whatever I'm like this quarterback can't move the ball five feet
2: yeah
0: like I I, I've just never been as not worried in a Dallas Cowboys game as I was yesterday now that will go back when we start losing to Carolina (laughs) next week but but you know what I mean like I just I, I I was never worried even one time I just wanted to say that so go ahead before we end
1: I was just gonna say there is one other match. It's on the it's on the pre show. Um it oh, does involve MGF. I forgot that. Yeah, MGF and oh, TBA yes. versus the Guns for the ROH World Tag Team Championship.
0: So the Guns win this, correct?
1: I think so. Uh, really, really, what else is there for MGF to do? And I think I think the this story feels will- like
0: a devil. Does this not feel like something about the devil? Yeah. working its way in here
1: for sure i i i think this is a way to get the belts off of uh, mjf so he doesn't have to carry it around much longer um yeah i i i agree with you i think this uh, this seems like some devil thing that will happen um can i mention something about the devil quickly i mean yep. this devil's kind of lame to be honest uh like he, and they've been trying to pull the wool over our, our eyes saying all oh, the 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 devil has been attacking people close to MJF, was what Excalibur said on commentary. I think mm-hmm. he he's attacked Jay White, and I know for sure uh, MJF and Jay White are not close, at least in this storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, who else has uh, the devil attacked other than the acclaimed recently? Nobody. Nobody. So now they're trying to insinuate this devil is just this... Uh, you know meticulously going after the people that mjf loves when he's just done nothing he's just kind of like he's popped into the screen he does the ooh spooky like i'm I'm, pop, I'm popping in and and showing my face on, on the camera and then disappearing and you know it's kind of lame to be honest until he broke that glass and i was like oh okay as soon as i saw i saw the acclaim get broken through glass i'm like oh okay jack perry that's uh how subtle of you uh, to throw him in
0: there. It's supposed to be that Max doesn't like the acclaimed. And he doesn't want to tag with them. So you're supposed to think it's him.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But you thought of Jack Perry. Okay. Yeah. He, he's,
1: but Max showed look, up without uh, the, like, he, he did he like attack them and disappear? Got out of his little devil
0: costume. And was like, oh, listen, what happened? guys? Rose. Black scorpion. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm telling you as like a. 14 year old i was so into it oh my god who is it yeah. like what and and then when i was able to kind of go back and watch it and re- oh my god this was bad
1: yeah that was uh prime like, wcw in, in in 1990 yeah that like, was super bad that was their way of trying to elevate sting around that time uh didn't really work out in the in the black no, like, tights and the mask and you know no it did not. Flare. Ended up being flare, which is kind of like all right, I guess I guess it's flare, you know. <laughs> at least at least you know what? I will say this. At least the black scorpion was consistent as compared to this devil, you know? Like he I, he was bad, don't get me wrong, but uh, he was at least consistent with his targets, right? Like it was it was people close to sting. And uh with with the devil it just seems like he'll he'll just pop in randomly like I am. I am waiting for eventually we get an Ole Anderson voiceover for the devil at this stage.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm All right. It's time to it. go. You know what, Zach? <laughs> you you've, I. I always know the point where it's time to go, and now it's time to go. Now it's time to go. Uh, but it's been another fun edition. Uh, we're gonna have lots more coming out in the next uh, couple of weeks. We're out full gear in the weekend, Zach. It's been fun. Third edition in eight days, baby. It's That's been right. good. Yeah, it's been good. It's been fun. Uh, you know, just. Powering through and getting all
1: these uh, podcast episodes out, uh, you kind of touched on it earlier in the show. A lot of great feedback for that theme songs episode. Uh, I, I I knew that was going to get some people talking. With comes to our, came to our conversation about uh, that topic, and uh, I know uh, people really enjoyed listening to that and and how we kind of changed it up. Uh, so uh, glad to hear the feedback on that. We're going to continue to try. Some different things like that uh, with the show and uh, see what kind of lands, what kind of sticks, and uh, continue doing shows like this where you just kind of look at what's going on in the wrestling world.
0: Exactly. All right, Zach. Um, hope you had a great birthday. Looking forward to uh, communicating with you again soon. We appreciate everyone. Enjoy uh, full gear. Who knows? We might be back before that. If not, tough luck, but enjoy <laughs> full gear. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, regardless. Zach McGibbon, I'm Libre Sage. Thanks again for listening to This Is Wrestling.